I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Tired and Tested Podcast. Enjoy the safe play zone over half an hour of laughs and the occasional little moan. Normal life and all this strife is what we like to speak. Things like saggy boobs and hangovers that last a freaking week. From perky tits to kill and it's a snack bitch when I'm dead. I'm realizing the parenting is just living in bumworm dread. Happy listening to the podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Tired and Tested podcast with me, Sophie McCartney. And this week I am super excited because I actually have a proper guest on with me this week. No offense, Luce. <laughs> So sorry. So sorry. There she is. Get back in your corner. We don't need you this week. We've got someone good on. Right. Okay. So listeners, let me introduce you to the powerhouse. That is multi-award winning South African slash New Zealander, Netflix specialer, which I believe is the correct English way of saying it, taskmaster queen and all round comedic legend. It's the one, the only Ursula Carlson. Hi, Ursula. Too much. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if you just had always somebody to just intro you, just wherever you go, just like going into the supermarket, just give that little spiel. How nice. Also, I kind of like that. I always say to my audience when I walk out and people go berserk, right? And I go, I used to work in advertising and you'd walk in in the morning and everyone was already like, oh, needing that first cup of coffee, needing a cigarette, you know, like no one was ever that excited to see me. It was like, except for like my work husband, people were just like, oh my God, we're back here again. Um, So now when I show up at work, people just lose their minds. I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) I want that at least once for other people, but I wouldn't want that all the time because I wouldn't want to get used to it. I love when you walk into a room and go, people just go, give it up. And and people just lose their absolute minds because you're just walking towards a stick with a shouty thing on top of it. It's amazing. (laughs) You have to be quite narcissistic, don't you, to work in, in comedy in the first place. Like, you have to want that. But it's also, it's so addictive, isn't it? Like, you can't go back, can you, to a normal job after you've done that? No, but also, I think, like, I used to have a shit attitude now. My whole, like, when I say shit attitude, like, I love working in an office. Don't get me wrong. When did you work in an office? Can you just tell us a bit about, like, when you were, when you did the transition? I started yeah, when I left the husband. He's moved back to the UK. Hi, Leon. Mr. Babe. Um, Hi, Leon. <laughs> so I started working in an office in, oh, my God, um, 1994. And then just, you know, I always worked either in an office. And then, I mean, I do some bar work and I traveled a bit and then, I, I, you know, but always sort of in a group scenario where I had to report to someone. You know, and then I started doing comedy in 2008 and just that taste of freedom was like, hang on, so I can say whatever and the only, like if there's a backlash it comes to me, I don't have to listen to someone who is more expensive shoes than me, uh, you know, telling me off. So I still worked full-time till 2011. Then I got made redundant. Honestly, the best thing that's ever happened to me, best I think. Was that, I guess it kind of made a decision for you. So from that day forward, so was that your advertising job that you got made redundant from? And then you were just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go and do comedy. I'm good at this and I like it. Off we pop. 
Yeah, well, it wasn't even a conscious decision. I just, I kind of, um, you know, got made redundant. And then it was almost like people realized, oh, you're available now. Because I think the handbrake is more for bookers and for people booking you out of, you know, out of the city where you live, where they go, oh, she's got a full-time job. So we probably can't get her. But then once people heard that I got made redundant, they'd go, you should come and do this show with us in Sydney. You should come to Adelaide. You should go, you know, like out of country gigs. And, you know, so then all of a sudden I just got booked for more and more things. And when I looked again, it was like three years later and I hadn't worked a day in advertising again. And it's the best, isn't it? We're actually quite similar in that sense because I moved. So I worked in PR and that was my job before I ditched it to come into comedy. The reason that I actually went into PR was just because I'd seen, um, well, I loved Ab Fab and I thought, you know what? <laughs> That's the career. That's yeah. the career for me. Just want to go and have Bolly lunches. Yes, please. And then and then I went into and then I went into PR and I was like, wait, what? Hang on, I'm promoting sanitary towels and fish fingers. Not oh not not together. Not, not together. I had two I had two different brands that I worked with. But yeah, it was not the life that I thought it was going to be. And I and you probably were the same then. So did you always think, do you know what? There's, there's more than this. Were you always a funny fucker? I was always a funny fucker. The first comedy show I ever went to was the one I performed in, the very first one I performed in. I'd never even been to comedy. Stand-up wasn't a thing. You've never like, even seen stand-up. <laughs> no, I didn't even know it was a thing. But Leon was so obsessed with it. He's like, you have to go. He loves comedy. He used to go all the time in London. And he's like, so he moved to New Zealand and then him and I sat across from each other. And we would just, I would crack them up every day. And I, I was in charge of the sound system at work, you know, just sort of the, well, I wasn't really in charge of it. I say I was in charge of it, but I knew how to get into it. And they would just play like elevator music through the um, whole ad agency, sort of just as mood music in the background. So I would, in the morning, as people would come in, I would announce them coming in. I go, walking up now, we've got Leon and he's wearing, you know, and, and, they would just all crack up, so Leon kind of got me into it. But, no, I, I used to love working in advertising. I loved the vibe. I loved the people, and I was really good at it. I used to get all these awards and shit. I'm like, this is too easy. You needed a bigger challenge. Yeah, once I started doing comedy, it's like this is how my brother describes it. He says, I don't know if you've ever seen a dog jump over the fence for the first time. And then once it lands on the other side, you look at its face, it's absolutely petrified. Like it then immediately tries to get back in, right? Uh, and it's surprised that it managed to get over the fence, but now it's no longer in a safe zone. It wants to get back in. But then that is also the last day you will keep that dog in that yard because once it has tested the freedom of the other side, and tomorrow it's going to jump over the fence and not be afraid anymore. It can get back in whenever it wants now, whereas the first day it couldn't get back in. It couldn't even see a gap when you opened the gate. So I'm like, that's exactly it. The first time I did comedy, I'm like, oh, this was all right, but I'm done. And then the second time I did it, I'm like, I know how to get back if I wanted to get back, but I love being on under the fence. I, I love that analogy. And um, the first time that I did stand up, um, I well, I had to. I knew that I was going to go and do it. I had an open mic night that I'd had in my mind. I was like, right, I'm going to do it. I had to have hypnotherapy. What a loser! I'd, I'd worked myself up into such a state about it. Right, I was just about probably six weeks before I was like, no, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And then was vomiting, had diarrhea. My husband was like, what are what you doing? He was like, just, just don't do it. And I was like, no, but I want to do it. But I was so scared about doing it. And I did, I had three sessions of hypnotherapy. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go and do it. And I don't know actually whether the hypnotherapy, well, I guess this is the magic of it, right? I don't know whether it was the hypnotherapy of it 
that, that actually went into my brain or whether I just thought it had got into my brain and I thought I was going to be safe. And I just, and I just went, and didn't I remember just standing at the side of the stage and I just, they called my name and I just had this out of body experience. And in my mind, I just went, well, I can't run away now. I'm here. I've just got to go and do it. And I went and did it. And I came off stage and I was like, I want to do that again. I imagine it's very much you know, like a teenage boy masturbating for the first time. I can imagine that's probably like the, 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 the only kind of analogy that I can think of in my mind for that. But just thinking, oh my God, brilliant. <laughs> just like, I want to do it all the time. I like how Ursula went with the dog jumping over a fence and you've gone with a, a, a masturbating teenage boy. Yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling for Ursula when we get to our Urban Dictionary Corner section of the podcast. Mm. Should we talk a bit about your tour then, Ursula? So are you, so this is your Just Jokes tour. So have you started touring this already in other parts of the world? Because you're coming to the UK in October, right? No, so I always start my tours in Australia. I start in Aussie and then um, I run it in and then usually, so October, normally that would be the end of my tour, but I'm coming back to New Zealand and finishing the tour at home because it's quite nice touring New Zealand because I just go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then I'm home the rest of the week and I can take the kids to the close places. Do you take the kids with you to other places when you're going global? Do you ever take the kids or do you just kind of stick to home-ish tours? I, I used to tour them all the time. So every Melbourne comedy festival, because it's a whole month that I'm in Melbourne, so I used to take them for the whole month and then we do all this stuff during the day and then I would take them, like both the kids have been around the world twice. Uh, They've been to Africa, they've been to Canada, the States, right through Europe. They did Edinburgh with me for a whole month. That was tough as shit. And my in-laws came to watch the kids while I'm working. Oh, God. Honestly, day three, I wanted to eat a glass. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer to have them with me, you know, because if you're away for a whole month, it's a lot, you know. So even now I'm going to the States and I've already booked in the April school holidays, you know, over Easter, they'll come up and come see me in New York for a week, you know, just so it sort of breaks it up for them too. But also I want them to have those experiences now that they're getting a bit older because they're 10 and 7, that they kind of, you know, no, I go away for work, which is I have to, that's a necessity. But then they get to come and they get to experience all this cool shit. And, you know, then when I'm home, I'm home. Like then I'm like Martha Stewart, you know, I'm just here. I'm making pancakes and waffles and all this shit and my baking cakes anyways <laughs> who have a birthday every second day and, you know. Uh, but then I go away again for two, three weeks. So you're maybe making me reassess some options. So I'm coming over to New Zealand and Australia end of May. And I initially was going to take the kids with me. So I've got my kids, my two eldest ones, they're about the same as yours. So I've got one who's just turned 11 and one who's just turned eight. And then I also have the baby, the surprise surprise kid, the the extra bonus that came uh, at a boring bit in between Christmas and New Year that was responsible for that. He will be told when he's older that he, because, you know, he'll be able to count and shit, hopefully. So he'll be able to see there's quite a big age gap between him and his siblings so you know we'll be, we'll be quite honest but you know he, he's, to be fair you weren't sure how you made the first two you couldn't remember but to be honest he's the best one out of them anyway at present he'll be golden he'll be right the problem is that if we just stuck at two in the older ones then I think that'd be absolutely fine taking them around the world with me the problem is the little one and we had told the kids that they'd be coming with us to Australia. <laughs> and then we went on holiday to Dubai uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we did just eight hours on the flight um, from the UK over to Dubai with the with the one and a half year old. And 20 minutes in, I was like, 
fuck my life. This is the worst decision I've ever made. So since we've been home, I've just been casually dropping it into conversation about like, oh, kids, you're not that interested about going to Australia, are you? Close. It's got an age restriction now. They can't come in till they're 18. <laughs> and I feel really guilty because my husband keeps saying, Sophie, it almost sounds like you don't want us to come with you anymore. And I'm like, does it? <laughs> oh my God. And I, f- I feel really tight because I've told them and I've been bigging up Australia and New Zealand to them as well because they were a little bit scared because they didn't they're like, want to the sharks, the snakes, there's all these things. And I'm like, it's fine. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to now say no when you've said yes before. That's what I teach my kids. I'm like, look, I know I said that, but as a woman, I'm allowed to change my mind at any time. It's important for all of us, all the genders in this house to understand that. No means no. You're fucking staying. I'm going by myself. I'll see you in three weeks. (laughs) Business class. See you, fuckers. (laughs) But I think the thing is, I think, like, we talked about this where Sophie um, was like, do you know what? It's going to, I'm probably going to be away for like three weeks. I don't want to be away from the kids, but because our wonderful, promoters same as you've got you're with live nation they've done such a sterling job they've literally managed to get a run of venues within six days so it's going all over like auckland brisbane sydney melbourne perth it's in like six day run so can you imagine the three kids having three kids and (laughs) you're gonna be exhausted so i did the same in the beginning i'm like Every move I made, I would take the kids because your mum guilt would pick, kick in and you're like, I can't be away from them for so long. And you're like, you know what? I'm not doing them any favours. And this is what – so the school principal at my daughter's school said to me, she goes, you're not doing her any favours. Like, yeah, she's got this amazing sense of – like she was three and a half and she understood time difference and different currencies. And, like, we'd go to Botswana and she'd go – what money are we taking for that? And I'm like, she understands these different currencies. This is amazing. But um, like she just she just knows shit that it took me ages to find out because she travels so much, right? And then the principal said to me, you know, it's great that you take the kids everywhere. She goes, but socially you're putting them back because they need to form cliques at school. They need to stay in their little groups. Because even at the age of, you know, when they start kindy and when they go to school, they already have these little groups and you keep taking your kids out and they have different experiences. Now they come back and the Mm. clique doesn't want all that. They don't want to know that your kids went to Disneyland. They don't want to know all this shit, right? Yeah. They don't want to know about the current in Botswana. Jog on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that immediately puts them on the back foot. And I'm like, I, I totally get that. So now I try and do one trip a year. But, you know, like during lockdown, I'd go one of the things because I was one of the judges on The Masked Singer in Australia. To, and I was two weeks in quarantine. Then we filmed for three weeks. Then when there was an outbreak on set. Then we all had to quarantine for 14 days. I was still back then. Oh, wow. As soon as I came out of that quarantine, I got on a plane, flew back to New Zealand, had to quarantine for 14 days here. So all up, I was in quarantine for six weeks, filmed for three. Oh, God. So I didn't see the kids for almost 10 weeks right oh, and it wow. was like they would come and visit me at the quarantine hotel by standing on the opposite side of the road and I was on the seventh floor and I would FaceTime them and wave at them through the window oh, oh. God. because I FaceTimed them so much my son was saying the seven-year-old was saying the other day he goes do you remember when we built that that plane you know it's like a paper plane and we folded it together uh but I he didn't realize like he was talking like was in the house 
but I wasn't. I was in a hotel room and we were FaceTiming. On FaceTime. Oh, doesn't matter. No. It's those core memories, isn't it? Yeah. And, and during lockdown, they want me to go so that I can come back. And this is where a friend of mine, her dad's a commercial fisherman. And I always say this to comics who start touring, especially female comics, because we have the, I, I, I do think our sense of guilt is stronger. Oh, God, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you just feel like such a shit. And because every question, the first question, where are your kids? Who's looking after your kids? And I'm like, the other fucking parent. The other one. So I am. Um, her dad's a commercial fisherman and like I don't know if you understand how commercial fishing works like they go out and they fish till the boat's full so they they don't know they could be two weeks they could be four months they don't know shit so come back after three months but then he'll be home for two two months and then he'll go again and she says she never it never dawned on her that her dad is away a lot she said till she went to high school and then she was telling one of her friends, you know, how uh, her dad's coming back and she can't wait because then she gets all the gifts and stuff. And her friend's like, what do you mean? And she goes, you know, when your dad comes home and he brings you all the gifts. And she goes, yeah, but my dad doesn't bring me gifts. He doesn't go away. And then she says her first thought was not, oh, my God, my dad goes away. Her first thought was, this poor bitch, her dad never leaves. She doesn't get any gifts. <laughs> I mean, I only kind of, at the moment, I go away and I'll do like four days and I'll come back three days and then I'm off pop and it kind of varies a little bit. But actually, I, because I'm not with them all the time, you know, and it's intense, isn't it, when you're with them all the time, because I'm not with them, I actually I appreciate it's awful, isn't it? But I really like them. So much I, I do, because it, we're not on top of each other all the time. But, you know, I think like going back to the mum gill and women especially we have that feeling inside us like we can't do that we shouldn't be doing that we're doing something wrong and I don't know whether that kind of rubs off on the kids as well that they're like oh my god but my husband he'll go away with work like he went away and did two and a half weeks in Dubai when Nate my youngest was just a few months old and he was just like oh bye and then (laughs) and that was it And, and, and I was like oh and I go away you know like two two days I'm just you know two and a half hours away and I'm absolutely you know beside myself my daughter's sending me messages from her iPad before I go on stage going where are you my throat hurts and I'm like where's your dad get the cowpole like it's not like there's somebody else to do this it's a lot isn't it yeah so if the reason you probably feel the guilt a lot more now is because you finished working in PR when you had Jack and then Evelyn and you packed in your work because it was going to cost so much to put them into into yeah, childcare, childcare right so yeah, you you were you, you decided like fuck that I'm just going to be a full-time mum so you had that experience with those two yeah, around I gave them job. all the attention yeah that's it and and the, the, um, yeah now and now you've carved a career yeah it, it's very different it is very different but he'll just that's just what he'll grow up with and you know and again it's those core memories isn't it he won't probably remember the times that I wasn't there he'll just remember the things that we did together when we were together so I think the moral of the story is that I go to I go to Australia and New Zealand on my own and I FaceTime them from there and they'll just think that they were there. <laughs> Actually, what I'd really like to know is that is, um, so something happened to me at the weekend. So I, I quite enjoy staying in hotels, right? Because, well, I get like a solid eight hour sleep and it's lovely. Brilliant. Um, but the morning after one of my shows, I was sitting there having my breakfast and um, and, a, and a woman turned up on the table next to me. I haven't told you this, Lise. This is what I was like, oh my God, oh, I need to tell yes. you this story. I'm excited. Sitting there eating my breakfast and the waiter comes over to her and he was like, excuse me, madam, um, can I have your room number, please? And she said, oh, um, I don't know it. 
And he went, oh, okay, well, can I just take the name that the room was booked under? And she's becoming increasingly more sheepish next to me. And she's like, um, oh, uh, well, it actually wasn't booked under my name. So we went, oh, okay, well, can I just have the other person's name then? And she went, uh, uh, I actually don't know it. And I was like, at this point, I'm like, knife and fork down. I was like, <laughs> and then to make it even worse, she went, um, hang on a minute though. I'll just go back up to the room and ask him. And off she went to go and ask whatever this man was that she'd slept with the night before what oh his God. name was so she could come down and claim his you breakfast. Oh my God. And half of me was mortified for her, but the other half had so much respect for her because I would have to move to Australia. If that, I'd be like, I'll just be back one minute and I'll be off. I'll be on, on the next contest, I'll be off. You would see me for toss. But the fact that she came back and she was like, yep. Did she come straight back? Check, gate checked in at the thing, gave him his name, sat down and went, right, can I have the full English, please? I was like, <laughs> so my question is like, is any, like, what's your best like tour story? Have you ever been in a situation where you've been away and you've seen something, especially because I love people watching in hotels. Hotels is great for that. Oh, I mean, there's been so much and I always think, um, I feel like people think you make shit up, but just because you travel so much and then you, you get exposed to so much. I've seen people having sex in business class. I've seen where the air hostess have had to come a few times and gone, can you not? Oh, could you just not? And on Qantas, the middle bit can can sort of push down so it makes like a double bed so couples can book those. And the amount of times where you go, I know you're not clapping in the oh 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 no oh the noises oh the noises <laughs> babes this is why we need to go so that we can go what, so we can have sex in we... the middle of an air we... <laughs> no no so we can see you get get some good tales like ursula's got and there was like a naked man in the passage uh you know in the halls at the hotel we locked himself out he thought he was going to the bathroom and then we all had to get him down <laughs> so he could get himself it's just crazy. I've been on a plane um, twice where people have had heart attacks where they were doing CPR. Oh, oh my God. Oh, not not the people who were having sex, hopefully. No, it, was, it wasn't that. No. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't those One of the flights, I got on from Melbourne to Auckland and um, I was on in business and there was this, I, I swear to God, a 12-year-old sitting next to me. Now, my mum always says, you know, you're getting older when other adults start looking like children, Right. So this 12-year-old sitting doing work on his laptop and then there's a whole group of, say, about 15 guys, all about the same age, like older guys, Um, and then they were real rowdy and, the the you know, like the air hose, they were drinking beers and champagne and everything and they were on their way to Vegas via Auckland um, to go. One of the guys, um, 60th, right, so all these guys are going, the golf buddies that own each other since high school kind of thing. And then we're in the air for maybe 20 minutes when I just heard this thump, but like real right behind us. And I looked that one of the old guys was just lying in the in the kitchen area. And then the next thing they just go, is there a doctor? Like the, the <gasps> is there a doctor? And they immediately got, this 12-year-old next to me jumps up and runs and start and just giving orders. Doogie Hauser. Yeah. And he's like starting doing CPR and stuff. And he's talking, the pilot comes out and he's talking to the pilot. Oh my God. He goes, he's in a rest. And he's like, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And um, the whole time, so then they get him, he starts, he comes to, like he starts breathing again. They sit him down. Now this 12-year-old is sitting next to him, holding the oxygen on him, talking to the pilot. So we turn back 
to Melbourne. Oh, fuming. <laughs> How far into the flight were you? And he was on his way to Vegas. It was real early. It was like 20 minutes when he dropped. Like, I, I pack up the 12-year-old's laptop and stuff because he's now there. So I just close everything and I put it back in his, um, you know, his bag and everything. Because we're landing, so you have to pack everything. So I just pack all his shit up for him. And then um, when we land, he comes and he t- he goes, thanks for packing up my stuff. I'm like, wow, that was pretty impressive. He goes, I'm a heart surgeon, so it's pretty. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. This is my jam. Yeah. He's like, he's on his way to Auckland for a conference. I'm like, oh, my God. You kind of, this is why you should never fly budget airlines. I tell you what, there's no fucking heart surgeons on Ryanair. There's no, oh, there's no, not on Ryanair. My God. You know, is there a doctor on this flight? No one. Then they go, is there a nurse? No one. <laughs> they kind of get down to, do we have a barista? And then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can now add it to the list of reasons why not to fly Ryanair, right? I mean, there's already a few, but that, that's going to be it, isn't it? 
<laughs> okay. Is it then? So the landing strip that would normally be on a front bump. Front bump. Is it? Is it like a? Is it basically somebody who's got a really, really hairy bum hole, and it is kind of like the welcome wagon to if you wanted to go in the back entrance of the pancake. Is that it? So a hairy asshole. Basically, a big hairy asshole pointing to the target. That's my wrestling name. <laughs> I'm afraid to say neither of you are correct. Let me tell you what a Brazilian pancake is. During sex, a man ejaculates onto a woman's chest. She then goes outside, typically on a sunny day, relaxes out there until the semen has dried and then she can peel it off and have a Brazilian pancake. (laughs) Uh, Surrenders. That's horrendous. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Ursula. Thank you. You know that's not a thing because even in the heat of the moment, we're like, come on, my tits. Come on, me, baby. Come on. But it's out. That semen is still warm and you're out of that whole scenario. You're not out of the heat of the moment. You're like, get the shit off me. Where's the towel? Yeah, get off. Where's your sock? Yeah, get it off. Would you like one for the road? One for the road. Go on, one for the ditch. Okay. Come on then. Okay, right. Um, This one, I just love the sound of this one. What do you think a flubber nugget is? <laughs> it's a great, great word. Sophie, because this is ass written all over it. Flubber nugget. <laughs> Sounds like something that pops out of your ass when you apply too much pressure. Like when you put your heavy hand luggage in the overhead, <laughs> you have to put it in but it weighs 80, and then you pop it in, and then a flubber nugget pops out of your asshole. <laughs> oh, God, it is. Flubber nugget. Okay, I'm going to go, because we, we've been quite ass heavy. I'm going to go flubber nuggets. Uh, and I'm going with a man specifically with this. Um very fleshy testicles, do we think? Just really fleshy, squidgy, excess skin. Oh my God, have I got it right? Are they flubber... Stop. I don't think we've ever done this before. Has this, has this never happened? Have I got a flubber nugget right? You've got a flubber nugget right! Shut up! Oh my gosh! It is the flabby dangly part of a man's scrotum. Oh, I mean, is that not all of a man's scrotum? It's just... But I, I'm kind of thinking it's the bit around the balls, the bit that, ha- you know, the the, the, the casing, maybe? The casing is the flubber nugget. Yeah. Anyway, but excellent. Flubber nuggets. There we go. Yay. My other, op- my other option was going to be really fleshy nipples. It had to be something that was fleshy, oh. didn't it? Flubber oh. nuggets. Like, get your flubber nuggets out for the lads. <laughs> oh, get your flubber nuggets. Get your flubber nuggets. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Sweet dreams, Ursula. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't worry, Ursula, we are drawing to a close very soon. So this is where we like to discuss some parenting tales slash parenting fails. That's the loose theme tune that that we run with for it, Um, where we either take a lovely parenting tale and discuss it, but we much, much prefer people sending in their horrendous fails. So people will write into us and they give us their absolute awful social services, styly parenting fails, and we laugh about them to make ourselves feel better. So here we go. Luce, what have we got this week? (laughs) Um, Well, good news. 
it's from an anonymous source, which is always a good thing because they don't want social services read. I've got to call this one the holiday, but it's less Cameron Diaz, mm. more, well, you'll see, you'll see. Okay. Okay. So, hi, Sophie and Lucy. Love, love, love the podcast. And I get so excited for a new episode every Monday morning. It brightens up my car journey after dropping the kids off at school and heading to the office. Hashtag flubber nuggets. So, this story is so embarrassing. I'm going to ask to stay anonymous, please. Purely because I can't bear to hear my name associated with what I'm about to tell you. No, no. It's going to be good. 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 Yeah. In September 2022, we took our first summer holiday as a family after the pandemic. My sons, who were five and three at the time, were so excited. It was the first time they had been on an aeroplane, so excitement levels were through the roof. My husband and I had been through a bit of a dry patch sexually. And I don't know if it was the Mallorcan sun or the sangria, but one night we found ourselves feeling a little frisky. The boys were both asleep, and so we headed off to bed and decided to embrace the moment. As we were mid-passion, we heard a little voice saying, Daddy, what are you doing to Mummy? Oh no. We darted up, pulled the covers over us to hide our compromising situation, and my husband quickly replied, Oh, Mummy and Daddy were just play wrestling. We were obviously a bit flustered, but before we had a chance to say anything else, my five-year-old shouted, Yay! Can I play? And and jumped into the bed. Oh no! (laughs) My husband awkwardly managed to flip him over his shoulder and cart him back to the bed. Oh god. Carries on. It gets worse. Oh no. Oh no. Did she have a Brazilian pancake on the go? (laughs) (laughs) And he ate it. it. (laughs) So the next day. We were in the swimming pool with our kids and my five-year-old had struck up a conversation with another child about the same sort of age. I wasn't paying much attention because I was keeping an eye on my three-year-old. But I then heard my five-year-old son say very loudly to his new friend and his dad. Oh, no. My mummy and daddy were playing wrestling with no clothes on. Oh, shit. The dad looked at me with a knowing glance and I have never felt so embarrassed in my entire life. I couldn't even show my face at the buffet restaurant that evening in case we bumped into that family. Oh. Everyone's had a scenario where the kid's going to come in and you're going, have you? They think, you? Yeah. yeah. And this is the weird thing. Like, uh, as soon as any anyone either walks in or then we try and, Separate from each other. Like two ends of a magnet. Just like, oh my God. <laughs> you go, oh, so cold. We're just getting our body temperature up. Upside down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there we go. So the learning from this week is you go with body temperature. Lean into it. Lean, lean into, into it. Lean into the body yeah. temperature. Let's maybe swerve wrestling if you're in a similar situation. And, and let's go with bod- body temperature body regulation. Temperature. Or maybe yeah. some kind of check. Like they somebody wanted somebody to check out a suspicious mole somewhere <laughs> as well. Always a mole. 
Thank you so much, Ursula Carlson, for coming on. Do you want to just quickly tell us about where you're going to be in the UK, what we can expect from the tour? I think Lucy and I, we're coming. We're going to find one of the dates and we are, we are there. We are there. I'm going everywhere, um, you know, that I've been before, London and a few new places, Wales, Scotland. I've just added Edinburgh too. I'm just going everywhere and the show's called Just Jokes and it's just that. It's jokes. It's me on stage telling jokes. Because obviously I'm not, you're not going to learn anything from my show. If you've been to any of my shows before, we just have a good time. You laugh for an hour and a half and then we all have a few wines or beers and go home. It's the same, but it's a brand new show and I'm very excited to bring it over to the UK. So Ursula's going to be taking her brand new show, Just Jokes, to a city, town or comedy festival near you. So Just Jokes as well, as it says on the labels. Just Jokes. So go along, have a laugh and leave, with, I imagine, a pretty sore face from laughing. So she is going to be in the UK October through to November. There's too many dates to list, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link below in the show notes so you can click on and see where she's at near you. Right, there we go. Hit the jingle. It's the Tired and Tested podcast. Enjoy the safe play zone over half an hour of laughs and the occasional little moan. Normal life and all this strife is what we like to speak. Things like saggy boobs and hangovers that last a freaking week. From perky tits to kill and it's a snack, bitch, when I'm dead. I'm realising the parenting is just living in bumworm dread. Happy listening to the podcast. 